Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Pananto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? Going great, Nick. How are you? I'm doing really good. Did you know that this is our officially our 100th episode? Dun, 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 dun. We yes. did it. We made it to 100. <laughs> Welcome to week 100. Yep. And then everything's going to be different from this point out. Oh. Uh, no. Southwest Joe starts next <laughs> yeah. week. Um, we did have some grand designs for this episode where we were going to talk to like the uh, the old the old co- old co-hosts from the show, like Ray and Matt. But uh, uh-huh. I just got lazy and, and never did it. So we might just do that at a later point because that's more our style. <laughs> Listeners just. Enjoy that dedication. Yep. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so week 100, 100, 100 big episodes. Boy, it's hard you to know, believe. There's, there's one small one, because there's that one time that you did that episode about the Batman movie. Oh, yeah. You're sick and right. you're home. Yeah. That one's a small one. That is a small, that was hard to do. <laughs> I have not done a solo episode since, and I don't think I will again. Unless I start doing this comic book podcast I've been thinking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Matt, what yeah. movies have you seen this week that we're going to talk about on the show? I only saw one movie this week, and that was Glass. Oh, excellent, because I also saw Glass. But because it's our 100th episode spectacular, uh, I watched three other movies, too. Holy cow. Yep. It looks like you're going to be talking solo anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll save, see? we'll save glass for last. But before we get to that, I saw uh, The Matrix. That's uh, a good one. Wreck-It Ralph. Seen that too. Reign of the Supermen. Don't know what that is. And and Glass. Um, so we'll get to all those, I guess, in a row. <laughs> then we'll talk about your your movie. Well, and we do have sort of two preview corners since we both went to the theater and saw Glass. Right. Brought to you by the Big Ticket. Good job, Big Ticket. That's part of the legal for that is that every time we mention preview corner, we have to say the sponsor. That's part of the contract that we signed. (laughs) Dramatic pause. I took a sip. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So. The Matrix, which uh, was from 1999, is directed by was directed by the Wachowski brothers. So I believe they're now called the Wachowski sisters. Um, so that's confusing. And uh, so, if you haven't seen The Matrix, I don't know where you've been. Yeah, where the hell have you been? But the movie's 20 years old, which is and it's which awesome. kind of blows my mind. Um, but, uh, basically it's the story of Keanu Reeves. He's a computer hacker who learns that the, the guy he's searching for on the internet, uh, uh, what this is kind of hard to explain. He lives inside a computer along with the rest of humanity, except for Lawrence Fishburne who lives outside of the computer. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh. I'm sure that cleared it right up for right. people who don't know The Matrix. So if you don't know The Matrix, just watch The Matrix, and then the there rest of this go. conversation will make sense. 
Um, but I watched I watched it uh, for the first time in, in quite some time, and uh, what a great movie! It is oh, yeah. it is so good. It's it's deep. It's thoughtful. It's exciting. It's um. It's fun. really, it's yeah, it's a lot it's got of fun. A great soundtrack, awesome soundtrack. Um, great acting, even from Keanu Reeves. It's Keanu Reeves at his most Keanu Reevesius uh, acting, where where he just doesn't have a lot to say, but saves the world. So, like any movie where Keanu Reeves has to save the world is a good movie. Is that's one of my uh, my things about Keanu Reeves is is if Keanu Reeves is in the process of saving the world, it's probably a good movie. And in this movie is no exception. Um, but um, the special effects still hold up. The, some of them are a little, like, look pretty bad now, but, like, they're forgivable. Um, well, and they're still way better than the ones in the sequels. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame they never made a sequel. And uh, Yeah, I don't know what I was just talking about. Yeah, you must be talking about the Animatrix, which I did enjoy. Actually, that was pretty decent. Um compared to what i imagined the sequels would have been like <laughs> yeah it's sh it's a shame they never made a sequel to this movie um but we we joke of course there were two sequels and they were each worse and worse yeah, um terrible this movie features a a, a very in shape lawrence fishburne um which which uh which is why i'm talking about the sequel right now because <laughs> by uh is it the second or third one where they have the rave the underground rave. Oh man, I think they have it in both. Do they have two of them? I they might. Um, I'm not gonna watch to find out. Yeah, no. uh, but <laughs> we'll you just have, go with the, they've got one in both. You got, and I think the second one's got a sex scene. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was gonna mention that story too. Um, but uh, this 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 trim and fit Lawrence Fish, Fishburne is quite the relief after seeing him with his giant pot belly. In the wherever he's like standing on top of a mountain in the at the bottom of the earth uh, before the rave. Uh, um, I, d I don't remember that. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> much much <laughs> like most of that movie. Um, I don't know if you remember. No, I mean like I don't remember his pot belly. Unless uh, that's what you're saying is awful. <laughs> it's the whole, everything about the movies are awful. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but we went and saw this together. Uh, the day it came out, uh, but you went and saw it at midnight. the The night it came out. You're t you're talking about the sequel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Yes, I'm talking about the Matrix Reloaded, and you saw it the night before, and then I came up that day, and we went to go see it in the theater, and then like at one point you lean over to me and you go. You get to see some butt coming up, implying like there's a sex scene coming up and you'd get to see somebody's butt. And I was like, okay, cool, butt. And it was Keanu Reeves's butt. And you implied that it would be Carrie Ann Moss's butt, which at the time was something I wanted to see. But I got to see Keanu Reeves' butt. So good, good one. We had some good times, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it must. Uh... Well, I was going to say it must be good for you as a follow-up to Chris Pine and uh, uh, Kevin Costner, but I'm realizing right. you didn't just watch the second <laughs> Matrix, you watched the first one. Right, and there's... There's, there's nobody's butt in the first There's one. nobody's butt in the first one, and there's one scene where when Keanu Reeves disconnects from the computer, and uh, where he like disconnects from the Matrix and all the plugs, like, and he gets drained 
out yeah. of his like pod there's a scene where he falls and and my wife and i rewound it and paused it to see if we could see keanu reeves junk and uh, uh-huh. you can't he's wearing some sort of swimsuit or whatever so that you don't see any of his man gland which is <laughs> which is a fun phrase and uh, uh <laughs> i'm yeah. impressed that you guys put in all that effort <laughs> and uh so anyway the matrix it's an amazing movie if if you haven't seen it what's wrong with you and if you have seen it watch it again because it really holds up especially in today's crazy technically or technology connected times well you know it, it, one of the things and i think you're hitting on this when you're talking about the acting or the casting is like everything in this movie fits really well yeah um and like well i can just list things and be like the soundtrack fits the the visuals fit mm-hmm. um and one thing that i think has I've realized fits better than I thought it did at the time. It's like, there are some really corny lines. Mm-hmm. Like there's a moment where a woman calls him copper top. Cause kind of like their batteries for the machines. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm like, Oh, what a stupid line. And you know, given some space from it, 20 years, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, you know, the corny stuff actually fits pretty well. Uh, there, there's a certain sort of like the movie is thought provoking. It is serious in a sense, but it's also got a sense of humor. Yeah, it doesn't. And so it, 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 it's, it's like a very serious drama, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. Unlike yeah. the sequels, which take themselves way oh too seriously. Yeah, they're they're stroking themselves the whole time. Yeah, um, like the the philosophy of this movie is is real cool because it's not. It's not integral to the to the plot of the movie. It's just something you can think about afterwards, uh, and and enjoy the movie on another level. Whereas in the sequels, it it spells everything out for you and it says this is why this is, you know, like like the whole conversation that Neo has with the old man underground about machines. Like I don't remember what the hell they were talking about, but I do remember how hard I rolled my eyes listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, there's they get into like the the first movie's very philosophy. Uh, I, I guess you could say philosophy heavy, but it's just sort of baked into everything. Yeah, and then in the sequel, in the the second sequel, like the you go from having interesting f- story built from philosophical ideas to having what it's like to sit with a philosophy major who's really proud of himself for being a philosophy major <laughs> yeah. talking to himself and enjoying hearing himself speak. Right. And it's not just one person. You've got like one character that they go to who talks and sounds really impressed with himself, with himself for, you know, saying philosophical things. And then they go to somebody else and they're like, Oh yeah, well I'm going to have a philosophical monologue and look at how smart I sound. Right. And like, no, <laughs> no. The first movie was smart. You're just enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which agree. is funny because nobody in the movie seems to actually be enjoying themselves. Yeah, and the first one, everyone seems like they're having a fun time at work. Yeah, like it looked like in this first movie that they had a good time together. Yeah, there's a lot of energy and, and chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry between Keanu Reeves and Morpheus is great. Um, the there's not really a lot of chemistry between uh, Neo and Trinity other than 
other than um, she has to fall in love with him. Well, the romantic chemistry is not really busting off the screen, but the the teammate chemistry is there. Yeah, uh, it's it's and it, and a lot of the stuff is tongue in cheek and and like a lot of great lines that I I realize I use all the time, like when Twitch gets killed by Cipher and she's like, "Not, not like, like this. this, not like this." I say that constantly. <laughs> what, what a mind job! Yeah, what a mind job. It's only good for 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 killing brain cells and degreasing gears. When do you use that? I don't. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I walk around just being like, "Do you remember what tasty wheat tasted like?" Yeah. All the time. Nobody knows what the hell yeah. I'm talking about. I have looked for that kid actor. Um, I guess he's not a mouse. Kid. Mouse. Like I have seen him. In nothing else, but I, every time like an actor comes across that looks like him, I'm like, oh man, is that Mouse from the Matrix? And it's always <laughs> not him. Nope. I don't think he, never. I, I wonder if he was ever in anything else. Let me see if I can find him in the cast. Uh, actually, surprisingly enough, it's uh, he's Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Doran is his name, and he's uh-huh. best known for the Matrix. And he was in a Star Wars movie, and he was in The Thin Red Line, which is one of history's worst movies. Never saw it. It's awful. Which Star Wars was he in? Episode 2. Oh, gross. He plays some guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, The Matrix, it's it's a movie. It's, it's two hours and 15, 16 minutes long. Uh, doesn't feel its length. It's, no. It's fun to watch. Like I've seen this movie uh, probably fifty times. It's got to be close to fifty times, and and watching it for it's been a while since I've seen it. And watching it again, I was like, "This is amazing work." It's amazing that it got made first of all, because like the people who produced this movie can't have understood anything that was going on as far as the story. Like it's it's a pretty heady story to just try to explain, let alone produce. Um, like, uh, I, I'd love for there to be a documentary or if one exists, please point it to me about the making of, of this movie, because they invented so many different kinds of filmmaking, uh, technologies in order to, to create this movie. Uh, like, like bullet time was invented here, which is, which I've seen how they make that where they just set up a bunch of cameras basically in a circle around Keanu Reeves and he does his like lean back arm wave thing. But um, like the, the technology involved with putting that shot together is it blows your mind. And the Kung Fu is fun to watch. The gunplay is fun to watch the slow motion with the techno music. It's just a lot of fun. It's a fun ass movie that like, it just seems like a it's like it's like Fight Club, which incidentally came out the same year as this movie, which kind of blows my mind too. They both came out in '99, but like, really? but like, I thought Fight Club was a couple years older. That's surprising. Uh, yeah, I think Fight Club came out uh, winter of '99, and The Matrix came out in the summer of '99 because I I went and saw The Matrix in the theaters with Scott actually. Oh, I saw it with Leslie. Oh, like that's exciting. Yeah, we were. Uh... We were just hanging out and went to the – neither of us had heard of it. We were just at the mall, and we were like, let's maybe see something or just go hang out. Mm-hmm. And then um, a couple people from school came out of the theater while we were sitting outside the theater, and they are like, you guys got to see The Matrix. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. 
And they're like, oh, it's a Keanu Reeves movie. I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> and they're like, there's a Rage Against the Machine song at the end. I was like, cool, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I was so, so, uh, so stoked by the end. I was like, man, I want to go learn Kung Fu. Yeah. Like, I, it I remember, motivates you. I remember leaving that theater feeling like I could walk on air. Like yeah. that's that's the feeling the movie gave me was like I could fight kung fu fighting like like it when you left the theater after seeing that the first time like the feeling kind of don't I had, believe in physics anymore yeah it was really an amazing feeling like I wish I could see this movie for the first time again uh but yeah the Matrix check it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two thumbs up from both of us. Two so thumbs like way four up. thumbs up. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to to see where I put this on my uh, on my great list. Oh, but I was talking about Fight Club. Let me get back to that point real sure. quick. Um, Fight Club on its surface just seems like a movie about guys that beat the crap out of each other and try to go about their everyday life, and then it devolves into the Project Mayhem stuff. But like, if when you when you really look at Fight Club on a on a deeper level, it's it's a lot of philosophical stuff and a lot of like a lot of interesting head things. So it's strange that two of the uh, more important movies to me uh, came out within six months of each other. Uh, that's really what I had. Oh, and then if you scroll down to uh, if you scroll down to where it says "More Like This" on IMDb, Fight Club is right there, right next to uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Oh yeah, that's just like the Matrix. Yeah. Let's see. When was this released? It was released uh, March thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. Hmm. Yeah. So the Matrix, see it. That yeah. brings us to the next movie. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph <laughs> from 2012. <laughs> more more like this. Yeah. Fight Club and Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph from 2012. Sort of. Because he's in the internet, right? Or no, that's just in the sequel. Uh, I mean, like all the computer games are kind of networked together through electricity. That's how they all get to go. talk to each other. There's a link. Uh, starring uh, John C. Riley, Jack McBriar, Sarah Silverman, and Jane Lynch. Uh, this is the story of uh, R- Ralph, who is a video game character for like an '80s arcade machine, uh, and he's the bad guy. And it's I think the 30th anniversary of his video game. And uh, he's talking to other villains from other video games like Street Fighter and Mario Brothers and Pac-Man. Um, and he's and he's talking about how uh, it's the 30th anniversary of his game and he, he's kind of tired of being the bad guy. He, uh, he, he wants to get a, a medal like uh, the, the good guy in his game, Fix-It Felix. He wants to win a medal like Felix does just once. And, and, uh, and, and Ralph and Felix are like human counterparts to donkey kong and mario right exactly yeah i mean if you want to if you want to look at it that's perfect that's a perfect analogy you've done it you've cracked the code (laughs) yay um so like imagine 30 years of donkey kong like trying to kill mario and he goes well i want to be the good guy for once and this is assuming that a game like donkey kong country doesn't exist because it does uh, where Donkey Kong gets to be a hero. So uh, so uh, Ralph goes on this journey uh, to find not only himself, but to, to get some meaning in his life. And along the way, he runs into uh, 
Sarah Silverman. Vanellope. Yeah, Vanellope von Ruschersmith. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't have her full name in the cast list. Um, and she's like this glitchy character for this racing game. And, and so like they go on this journey together where she just wants to race and, uh, Alan Tudyk who plays King Candy, uh, doesn't want her to race because if she does, everything will get erased or something like that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> something, something like that. Like, like, Oh, because she's glitchy. People will complain about the game and they will shut the game down. So like that's the conflict there with with John C. Riley and Alan Tudyk and Sarah Silverman is uh will they will they work together to get Vanellope to race or will they cave in to King Candy? Um and this movie's a lot of fun. It's it's not nearly as heady as I, as I'm making it out to be. It's it's a it's a video game movie, <laughs> but it it's it's deeper than it than it than than it is. Like like the Matrix it's it, after you watch it you think about what? it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's not just a, a cartoon like it's it's you know, you it's kind of like Toy Story a little bit where you think, oh, what are my toys doing when I'm not there? You know, like, what are your video games doing when you're not playing them? And uh, it's a fun adventure. Uh, I still haven't seen the sequel. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, I'll agree with the things that Nick said, with the exception of like the Matrix. Wreck-It <laughs> <laughs> Ralph is. I agree with it's Matt. It's fun. I agree with Matt. It's just like the Matrix, right? And, exactly. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And the 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 main song from it gets stuck in my head all the time, even when I haven't seen the movie. My kids really like the movie. There uh, are songs in that. It's just that Sugar Rush song. Oh man, Sugar I don't remember Rush. that at all. Sugar Rush, and it's like Japanese because it's like a Japan, a J- Japanese game. So it's like S U G A R. That's that's my Japanese, and huh. uh, and uh, it gets stuck in my Sounded head. Sounded a little the time. bit like a like a Weezer song there for a second. That's just because Weezer rocks. Apparently, they put out a new album the other day of all covers, which I'm looking forward to hearing. Hmm. The end. Uh, I didn't know albums still came out. Yeah, albums still come out. In no, fact, I was listening to the latest Eminem album the other day. I haven't gotten around to that one yet. Uh, I didn't know he... Apparently, he put out two albums last year. Oh. Um, and I was listening to the second one. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm, I'd like to see what a review of this is. And I went to Rolling Stone to see the review, and the guy was trashing it. Hmm. And I was like, what? How can you be trashing this? This is amazing. Are you listening to it? And he's like... And they're saying how the rap game is leaving Eminem behind. And I'm like, well... Let it go then, because what he's doing right here, it blows the mind. Hmm. So, uh, the last one I got from him was the uh, Marshall Mathers LP2, which I liked a lot. Oh, I don't think I ever listened to that one either. Oh, that's worth checking out, man. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and that is Eminem Corner. Eminem Corner. If you would like to sponsor one of our corners, check us out on Patreon. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's really all I have to say about Wreck It Ralph. Unless there's stuff you wanted to throw in, it's it's a. I don't fun, really have much to add. It's a fun adventure movie. Yeah. Um, it's got a a huge cast uh of people like all of the main characters you've uh, you've all heard of like Mindy Kaling and Joe Latrulio, Ed O'Neill, Dennis Habert, uh, Adam Carolla. Um, just like a bunch of play like these little tiny characters, but it adds like a whole 
life to the world. Like that opening sequence where he's talking to all the villains in that like uh, villain anon group where he's like, hi, I'm Ralph. Hi, Ralph. And like Zangief from Street Fighter is there. And he says the just because you're a bad guy doesn't make you a bad guy. And, you know, like that's nice. That's pretty deep. It's a uh, it's a fun movie and my kids like it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. Um, I don't really like Sarah Silverman, but I thought she did nice voiceover work. I, I like the character. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I think I got around to watching it sort of without really having had much interest. Like people told me it was good. So eventually I was just like, oh, I've got a moment here. I'll, I'll watch it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it's like a it's like a solid B, maybe B plus. Okay. Uh, that's That's all I got to say about that. Um, that brings me to number three, Reign of the Superman, which, uh, which came out like earlier this month and it's a DC comics animated movie, uh, which takes place after the death of Superman movie, uh, from a few months ago. I don't remember if I talked about that on the show. Um, you did, I did. Okay. This is the, the direct sequel to that. And, uh, eh. It's like, I, I can't stand the way these DC movies are produced. Um, like, I like what they're doing. I wish they did it better. And while I was watching the movie today, I was just bored, um, bored with it. And I, I figured out what kills me about this movie. It's, it's one, and I think I've said this before, it's like that the voice actors are clearly all recording their lines separately from, from one another. Uh, but yeah, you did say that before on the other ones, but, um, but what I've really figured out is that anytime a character talks, there's like a one second gap between when the next character talks, it's like they read a line like no Lex Luthor. Well, why not? It's because of Superman, you know, like it's, there's like this gap every time somebody goes to talk, there's like this, there's just no sense of urgency in the dialogue and the way that it's delivered. And, and it really kills any kind of momentum that the movie starts to put together. Like some of the action sequences are kind of neat. Um, and, and they just get like, like they get ripped apart when the characters have to talk to each other because the action has to stop for them to look at each other, to speak pause and then the next person speaks you know that sounds that sounds right that sounds familiar like, it, like it, a, i hadn't thought about it before but i feel like uh like as you're explaining it i'm like yeah i can picture that pretty perfectly yeah and like looking back at like the gotham by gaslight uh animated picture um the the batman one um I remember trying to figure out, like, why don't I like this? This this should be okay. And it's because of the way the dialogue's delivered. It's like they read a line of dialogue and then they record it. They, like, digit, you know, they digitize it and save that file for later. And then they go, okay, now read the next line. And they read a line of dialogue and then they, they wait. And, and, and I think that's really what kills the movie is the audio presentation it just doesn't flow it just feels so stilted um but if you're unfamiliar reign of the superman covers the 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 final act of the death of superman um story arc where superman has died spoiler alert superman died uh fighting the monster doomsday and in his 
in the wake of that, uh, these four Superman pretenders uh, or not pretenders appear in in Metropolis. Uh, one is a teenager. One is a man in an iron suit. Um, one is like a half man, half robot or cyborg. And another is this brutal guy who wears um, ski goggles. Um, and they start calling. So they call him their, their Superboy, Steel, the Eradicator, and the Cyborg. And those are the four Supermen. And we're supposed to try and figure out which of these four people is the real Superman because the the body of Superman was was stolen from its crypt. So no one knows where Superman, where the real Superman is or, or where his body is or if these guys are the real thing. Are so, they all claiming to be the r- real yeah, one? Yeah, they're all claiming to be the real one, except for Superboy, who they reveal early on is just a clone of Superman. Uh, uh. And so like he's like, well, I'm definitely Superman then because I am him. And uh, pretty solid argument. Yeah. And the voice actor they got to play Superman or Superboy is is awful. He's just really bad. Um, And they um, they they stray from the comic book a little bit or at least from the the main storyline, because I've read this. The death of Superman storyline is what got me into comic books when I was a kid. Like the first comic book I ever had was the death of Superman trade paperback. And I loved it. I loved funeral for a friend, which is the, the where he they put him in the ground and like Batman's at his funeral but doesn't do anything. He kind of hides, and uh, and then the return of Superman, which is where the 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 Superman show up. I thought that was all great. Like I'm like t- ten or twelve, and I'm like this is the most amazing thing I've ever read. Give me more. So like I've even read the the novel of the of it. Um, I think it's called the death and return of Superman. Um, and it's a great book. If you haven't read it, it's an awesome book. I love it. Um, it's written by the same guy that wrote nightfall. I don't think so, but that's another awesome book. Yeah. Um, and the nightfall book covers the Batman Bane storyline, um, which is nothing like the dark Knight rises. Uh, but, Except um, for that his back's broken. Yeah. And but like no amount of push-ups will fix Batman's back in uh, in the book. I think it takes magic, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know that there's magic, but there's more than a tire swing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, so this reign, um, reign of the Superman movie. It's it's not very good, but it's not bad. Um, I did find myself bored. Uh, an awful lot watching it. Um, Rain Wilson plays Lex Luthor and his performance is, is boring. Like all the dialogue is delivered boring, especially for the cast that they have. Like um, Rosario Dawson plays Wonder Woman and I don't really care for Rosario Dawson, but I do no. think she's a good actress. Do you? Uh, yeah, I think she does a good I mean, job. I don't disagree. I just knew you didn't like her. I just don't care for her personally, but I think she's a pretty good actress. Like, I think she's really good in Daredevil and all the other Netflix Marvel shows because she's in uh-huh. in all of those. I think she's good. I just don't like her. Um, like Nathan Fillion plays Green Lantern. Um, I can't stand Jason O'Mara's Batman. Uh, and Jerry O'Connell plays superman slash clark kent and 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 he's not very good rebecca remain plays lois lane and she's not very good she's also 
I don't care for the Lois Lane character anymore. Like, I think she just needs to go away. Uh, and I know, and I know she never will because, because whenever there's a Superman story, for whatever reason, Lois Lane needs to be in the thick of it. And, and because we live in modern times instead of foreign or historical times, because we live in modern times, um, Lois Lane can't be saved by Superman. She has to save Superman because that empowers her in some way. Um, and that's how this movie ends. Lois Lane saves Superman. Superman comes back. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, and he's saved. He's saved by the actions of Lois Lane. And and I'm like, I mean, did we just have Lois Lane there to get saved to save Superman? Like, I mean, she could have just not been there at all. Now, if any listeners want to write in and complain about how Nick thinks a woman's place is in the kitchen, <laughs> uh, feel free. Just, just, just know that it's just Nick. Look, all I'm saying is I agree with Matt that after the fight, Superman's going to be hungry, and maybe there should be a sandwich waiting there for him. Does he eat? Superman, he eats. Yeah, he eats. I don't huh. think he has to, but he does eat. I don't think I've ever seen Superman eat anything. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, I'm sure he does. Um, I know on, there's an episode of Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. He, um, shaves, he has to shave using Dean his, Kane? Uh, yeah, with Dean Kane. He has to shave using his heat vision because real razors aren't strong enough to cut his hair. And I was like, that's pretty clever. How does he trim the back of his head? Exactly. <laughs> but but like uh that brings up from uh superman 4 the quest for peace um there's like a superman exhibit at the smithsonian and they're showing how strong superman's hair is oh right and it's like able to suspend ten thousand pounds uh of a, right. a single strand of superman's hair and lex luther comes over and he's like we need that hair so that we can clone superman and him and john crier are like okay so they go to this indestructible hair and just snip it with a simple pair of scissors <laughs> which is as you would like like the, the hair is so strong that it can hold ten thousand pounds <laughs> but it can be cut with simple scissors so right. so superman's powers are varied you know <laughs> they're questionable yeah um i think in superman one when lois lane's interviewing him she asks him if he eats and he's like i do but i don't really remember his response it's like how he doesn't really need to breathe either like he can hold his breath for forever huh yeah but, maybe um, he's like a maybe he's an amphibian and he breathes through his skin yeah but when he's in space he doesn't breathe well, he's like a space amphibian. Oh, he breathes space. Yeah. <laughs> he feeds off the vacuum. Exactly. And light particles. Yeah. And uh, and that's how the movie ends. Like this. So uh, I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it ends. Yeah. Just trust him. The movie, the movie ends. And then it, um, the movie strays a lot from the source material, which is fine because they're trying to tell a much larger story involving the justice league. And, uh, even though the justice league is in this movie for about three minutes and, um, 
they kind of bastardize the the story a little bit so that it fits into the the story, the larger story that they're trying to tell involving Dark Side and um, the planet Apocalypse. And uh, excuse me, and um, and it just doesn't work for me. Like I'm I'm just kind of bored watching it. I just just give me the comic that I read and animate the comic. Just word for word animate the comic for me. That's all I want. I, I think DC should just not make anything for 10 years. I, Give the, they, they're just trying to catch up all the time. Well, see, they're animated. Their animated stuff is, is it's just missing the mark for me. And I know well, some, and I know some people that really like their animated stuff and some of it is very good. Um, there's like some of those justice league movies are great, but like the ones that are directed by who's the guy that directed Sam, something directed this Sam Liu L I U. He's directed like the last few Justice League slash uh, Superman movies. I don't think he's doing a good job. I just don't care for for the result. Well, I stand by my my recommendation. I think if they just did in years and just gave themselves some time to have things simmer, yeah, then what they would come out with would it be actually good. I will say that the DC animated stuff is leaps and bounds ahead of the Marvel animated movies, which I don't think they've put out in a while. But like the animated movie stuff for Marvel was garbage. And I know is, there are a lot of them on Netflix, but I, or there were anyway. But oh, I don't really? know how new they are. Yeah, maybe there's yeah, a, maybe there's Iron a man. Yeah, there's like one like with him and the Hulk and I like I looked at the IMDb rating for it and it's like a 4. Oh wow. Yeah, and I'm like they should stop making those, but they won't cuz people keep buying them. Anyway, Reign of the Superman. People. <laughs> Reign of the Superman. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Do you recommend it? No, I well. Okay. Uh I mean if you're if you check it out after everything now. If you're interested, yeah, that's my thing now. <laughs> um if you're interested in the the death of Superman story, it's fun to watch. The character of Steel they handle pretty well, but he's in the movie briefly, and and it it points out that like DC had themselves like a real uh, the way they handle the Steel character, it's almost like he's DC's Iron Man, um, and and it feels like he's copying Iron Man. But then you think, man, if DC had thought this out like a little better in the early '90s, they could have like gone with this instead made a of, movie from it well they, they did they did that's shaquille o'neal i know and it's a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> i've actually never seen it and me neither <laughs> i've seen i've seen clips of it and like his suit's so rubber it's uh-huh. it's it's just silly yeah like when he talks like the cheek parts move <laughs> and like kind of stick off his the face. helmet looks too small for his head doesn't it yeah yeah like in this movie lois lane figures out who he is like just so the story can continue he she's just in his apartment and he's like what are you doing here she's like i'm terrible with secret identities but i know yours and you're like okay great let's move on and speaking of superheroes that brings us to tonight's blue chip glass directed by m night Shyamalan. following preview corner <laughs> right brought to you by the big ticket <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? I can, but it's... Okay. All right, it's better now. All right. Preview Corner, brought to you by The Big Ticket. Yeah, Big Ticket. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, why don't you go first? Because I've been talking for 40 minutes. Fair enough. Uh, the first preview, I had a preview. The first movie I saw a preview for is called Greta. And I have no idea what it was. Oh, yeah. Zoe Grace Moretz. Is that right? Zoe Grace Moretz? I don't, have any idea. Grace Moretz? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Chloe or Zoe Grace Moretz. Um, she's a young blonde lady. They she call her Clozo. No. Clozo the Clown. <laughs> she was in 30 Rock as uh, Donaghy's opponent. Like She was the daughter or granddaughter of the Cable Town guy. Um, she's been in stuff since. She was in the remake of Carrie. Um, uh, she's she's a decent actress. I think she's also a model. Um, oh yeah, she was a uh, she was uh, oh, in Kick Ass. She was the girl. What was she called? Kick girl, <laughs> fight girl. The the young the young girl. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, Her. that's the girl from Kick Ass. She was on Thirty Rock. Yeah. Oh. Um. And hit, hit girl. Hit girl. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and she. If I understood the preview right, she uh, sees an old lady looking for her purse, and then the old lady asks her for help, and then somehow befriends her, invites her back to her house or something, and then she sees there's a bunch of purses in the house, and that this is some sort of ploy, and it's more of a horror thing than like a con man thing, and uh, that's that's all I got. Okay. It didn't look particularly good. I'm not excited that it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, well, the first thing that I saw was uh, another trailer for Alita Battle Angel. Oh, good grief. And well, I that got come it, out already. And I, I think it comes out in February. Man. And, um, okay, good. and I got to say that this trailer was the first one that made me want to see it again. Oh, okay. Like I initially wanted, I wanted to see it when I was first hearing about it. And then like a few trailers came out and I was like, uh, maybe not, but like, I don't know something about the way this trailer hit me. I was like, Oh, okay. I think I kind of get it. Oh, I'm into it. So, I think this wasn't a trailer where Robert Rodriguez is begging you to go to the theater. No, they, that came up later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alita battle angel, uh, kind of into interested in seeing it now i don't think i'm going to see it in theaters but when it comes out on video i think i'll i'll give it a watch mm. yeah, i think, I think sounds... it's because i think it's because uh I, I don't know anything about the plot or if it's based on anything like is it based on some anime no idea and um but uh the uh i didn't realize like it's got kind of a uh two-tiered life system like there's like the upper class who live in an island in the sky and then the lower class people who live on the earth and she gets pulled out of the trash from the upper class people and i guess she has to fight her way through like gladi gladiatorial means in order to like find out where she came from kind of a thing and i was like oh all right i'm, I'm on board for this this little journey mm -hmm. That summary doesn't do anything more for me, but I'll probably watch it when it comes out on video. What if, if there's were... nothing else in the theater, I'll probably end up seeing it in the theater just to see something. Uh -huh. um, but otherwise, if I if I can put it off till video, I totally will. And if I never end up seeing it, it'll probably be fine too. Okay. But, 
I've see, seen a lot of previews for it at this point. Um, next one I saw was John Wick 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I still have not gotten around to seeing John Wick 2. Oh, no? No, not yet. And okay. I probably should. I mean, it took me like eight years to get around to seeing the first John Wick. Um, which is probably amazing because it's not even that old. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I will say that I am interested in seeing John Wick 3. It's got Morpheus in it. Uh, and at some point, John Wick is on a horse <laughs> and Halle Berry shows up. Yeah, which kind so, of turned me off a little bit. <laughs> I can't say I have much uh, appreciation for Halle Berry anymore. Uh, she's still a very attractive woman, but I don't think I've seen her in anything that has made me actually like her at all. Yeah. Um, Morpheus, I was glad to see there. He's, uh, in, he, he's got a name. He's in uh, the. He's in <laughs> Lord the. Fishburne. Yeah. He's in the second one briefly. He plays oh, like he? he plays like the pigeon lady from Home Alone Two. Oh, interesting yeah. character to throw in there. This, the second John Wick um, is okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not as good as the first one, but few things are. Um, but but, as far, the, but as far third as third one looks like it's it's going to be pretty good as far as like the action goes. There, well, like, there's some pretty cool stuff thrown in there. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Like I like the second one. Uh, I mean, as far as sequels go, it's it's above the average sequel. But um, but like what like the thing that kind of gets away from it is that, and and it gets revealed towards the end of the movie is that everyone is a hitman. Like all of New York City is a hitman, or they uh, they all belong to the secret society, and it kind of like loses some of the uh, appeal for me. Um, as gotcha. far like the world building that they do in the first one kind of gets over explained a little bit, and you're like, yeah, uh, it's a little bit better when you're filling in the gaps yourself. Exactly, but gotcha. still amazing action sequences. Um, and, uh, I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before, but like his motivation in the second one, isn't as crystal clear as it is in the first one. Um, it's, it's a little muddier and it, and it, I don't feel like it it works as well. Is it less personal? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it's definitely worth seeing. It's a fun action movie. I'll, I'll probably get around to it shortly before the third one comes out just so I can go see the third one not have skipped on. All right. What'd you see next? Um, the next trailer I saw was the best of enemies, which, um, which is a, I did not see the same previews. No, it was a trailer for a movie that takes place in this. I want to say the seventies. I can't remember exactly. I think they spell it out in the trailer too. And I still forget, but uh, it takes place in the seventies and, um, I don't know the actress's name, but the actor is Sam Rockwell, and he's playing a uh, racist. Uh, he's he's a Ku Klux Klan leader for like a local chapter, and the the lead actress is a is a black woman who's trying to desegregate their schools, and basically it's the story of of these two people. And you and watching the trailer, you know how the whole movie's going to play out. Like they're going to become friends. They kind of become friends. Like they're forced to work together for, for whatever reason. And um, like Sam Rockwell even has the line. He's like, I'm of the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. I'm supposed to hate black people. If I don't hate you, then who am I? And I'm like, well, I kind of got the whole movie now. Uh-huh. You're going to become friends. And then somebody's going to take your title away from you. And you're going to have like a weird moment where you're like, but I still want to be in the clan. And then you're like, but I don't believe in the clan anymore. All right, 
black people should get to go to school. And you're like, yay, the white guy made a good decision. And the, <laughs> and the black lady is like, hooray, my kids get to go to school again. And you're like, yay, I guess. I mean, everybody should get to go to school together. <laughs> that's <laughs> I feel like that's my, Nick's hot take on, <laughs> on equality. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, everyone, everyone is equal and deserves an equal shot at everything. Um, I get you there. The 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 message is solid. The uh, the movies could be a little bit more yeah. nuanced or complex. I mean, and maybe it is. Maybe the trailer is just like meant to to spray to like a, a broad audience of of what yeah, they're going for. But be. like, because I usually like everything Sam Rockwell does, and and it looks like he's doing a great job in this movie, and so does the the lead actress. Um, but like the trailer just spells out the entire movie for you. You're like, I know what's going to happen. You know, at some point, someone shoots up their house, and and um. So in the trailer, they show that someone shoots up their house, and it, it it's implied that it's the the black lady's house, and you're and you're supposed to think, oh, okay. And then they go to Sam Rockwell, and he looks distur- just disturbed by the news he's receiving, which means that oh, Sam Rockwell did not have anything to do with the ordering of the the black people's house being shot upon, and so that's going to be like the main turning point for his character. And you're like, I've already put this movie together in my head. Okay. Best of probably won't be going to the theater to have that quote unquote blow my mind. Best of enemies. Check it out. Best of enemies. (laughs) Okay. I saw another preview for pet cemetery and I'm going to skip it. Okay. Um, so I saw another preview for X-Men dark Phoenix, uh, with some really shitty doors cover, uh, the the song the end which is like one of the best door songs uh-huh. uh has been redone by someone without talent <laughs> um, and i got no Jennifer, interest in that movie i i still never saw apocalypse and i don't care to don't it's um, really really bad we should do a commentary I, track for it <laughs> well you know what that's better than some of the other things you've suggested for commentary tracks <laughs> so that's fine um, I will say that uh, I'm surprised to see that Jennifer Lawrence is still in these movies. So am I. So I've heard so much about how she hates it and how like it shows. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just don't understand. But th- that's it. That was that was the deepest thought I had walking away from the preview. Was wow, Jennifer Lawrence is still going in these things. Yep. All right. Yeah, and and it's just a paycheck for her. You know, like she's like, well, you're just gonna keep giving me money. I'm just gonna keep showing up. Um, James McAvoy would be, and, and, um, who's Magneto? Fastbender. Um, Michael. Yeah. Those were like the best parts of first class, um, which I think is a great movie. Um, it's better than average. I wouldn't say it's great. It's pretty good. I liked it a lot. Um, Days of Future Past was great. I thought that was great. Um, but Apocalypse is just garbage just garbage and no no good job by james mcavoy is gonna pull that out of the and you got magneto just floating in the sky for half the movie concentrating check it out (laughs) 
All right, what do you get? Uh, the next movie that they showed me a trailer for was Fighting With My Family, which I think you talked ah. about last week. And I saw another preview for that, so I can erase that from my list. Okay. Um, I'm kind of interested in seeing it. Like, I'm I'm a vague... Like, I'm as about as low of a WWE fan as, as it gets, but, like, a bunch of my friends are, are into it on a, on a, on a certain level. Really? Um, yeah, like, like, um, like Lou and Pat, like, I, I don't know if you remember Pat Shields, but like, uh, like Lou and Pat, they're really into wrestling and like every so often we all get together for a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah I, re- I remember Pat. Yeah, he's a, to the show, right? He j- I'm, I think so. He just got married. Yeah, I remember Pat. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just got married. Congratulations, Pat and Heather. Congratulations, Pat. Um, but uh, like every so often, we'll get together for a pay per view, and those guys all watch like Raw every week or or whatever. And then like like when I hang out with them and we when we're hanging out for wrestling reasons, I'll ask and get caught up on the latest wrestling storylines. Um, and they're all terrible, but like but like I can respect the athleticism involved in wrestling. Um, and and the the soap opera storylines are fun to follow along with. Like when I was in college, we watched Raw a lot. Um, so I, I like wrestling to an extent. Um, so this movie had me interested. Um, Would you be interested if Nick Frost wasn't in it? No. <laughs> no. Um, the, and the fact that The Rock is featured so heavily in the trailer, even though he's probably in the movie for t- probably all that the trailer shows, right. uh, because it's a WWE movie. Um, it, they're probably just trying to pull as many people in as they could. Yeah, actually, I because uh, I haven't seen any of the other WWE films that they've produced. I didn't even know they made any others. But yeah, with the scene with him, like yelling at the kid and being like, "Yeah, here's my advice to you: shut the hell up and turn around and whatever." And and then yeah. see ya. I, I I was like, yeah, that's not. No, that's I, I actually was I'm kind of interested in the movie. Um I don't I couldn't tell you why. It's probably just Nick Frost. Um but that scene I was like, oh, that's actually between that and Vince Vaughn being in it, there's there's a lot of annoying to make me be hesitant. Yeah, I wonder what Nick or Vince Vaughn we're gonna get. It could be the good Vince Vaughn, but I doubt there's, it. Oh, there's a good one. Yeah, I like some Vince Vaughn. Like Dodgeball Vince Vaughn is perfect. Yeah, I, I enjoyed dodgeball. Uh, Miss Bala. I saw an advertisement for a movie named Miss Bala. Uh, I I started. Oh, I um, saw a trailer for that too. I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> well, allow me to tell you. I, I think one thing I'm going to do whenever possible, uh, when I don't know what a movie is yet, I'm going to try to give it an alternate title before I figure out what it is. Uh huh. Um, and in this one, I decided this movie should be called Hostage Club. Um, oh, well, now I know what. Now I remember what movie it is. <laughs> see, <laughs> that's why it should be called that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm better at this than they are. Uh, it looked like it is a girl who is forced to blow up a building by a terrorist organization if she ever wants to see her sister again. Yeah. Then goes undercover to um, uncover the uh that organization in order to get her sister back um and along the way seems to get romantically involved because that's necessary um 
Possibly with people in the FBI or whatever the undercover organization is and the crime organization. Yeah. Um, and it looked like shit, so that's all I got to say. It did look like just garbage. Yeah. Like, it looked like poor man Sicario. Have you seen Sicario? Not yet. Sicario's cool. I haven't seen the sequel yet. Uh, but it looked like a poor man Sicario where they're like, we're going to introduce you to this life of crime. But yeah, but it, like brought to you by like, Sony. Yeah, yeah that 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 was the feel. Uh, what'd you see a preview for? Uh, the next thing I saw a trailer for was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Oh, that's what I have next, oh. aka UFO attack. Yeah, because uh, I named it in the first five seconds of it, and then I was like, oh wait, no, this is Godzilla. Yeah, um, I got no interest in this movie. Um, I'm still going to see it, but like I, I finally figured out, I, st- I finally figured out why I don't like it. And I think I may have mentioned it before, but, but it's because it's just a bunch of human characters looking up going, Oh no. And then, and then computer generated images fighting with each other. And there's, there's no weight behind any of the action that is occurring. And it just seemed boring. I would love to go and just see those CGI monsters fight each other if it's done in a way that the cinematography makes me feel like they're really big. And that's what I enjoyed about The Last Godzilla. And from the preview, I did not see much of that. Like, there there was not anything that gave me a real sense. I mean, there, there were buildings next to them, but nothing that really made them feel big like while i want to see all of godzilla mm-hmm. one of the things that really worked in the other movie was that like you only got to see a part of him at a time and from angles that, that really made you feel like i'm trying to look up but it's so big i can't see it right um and i wasn't really getting that from this preview but i did like seeing mothra and i think the other one's called hydra or something like that Deidre or something like that oh that might be right so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm hoping that it's actually d- does what the first one did for me. Well, that's but good. I, then, yeah. I, I think the things you're saying are still right. I don't. Like, I'm not looking forward to having them try to paint a human story around the monsters. Yeah, I mean, I like in the trailer where um, it's like the U.S. Senate or something, and they're like, "You're saying that we should make Godzilla our pet," and um, what's his name says. No, we would be his pet. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a interesting take. I, I like that, and I like anything that that actor says in English. Like, it just has <laughs> like a, a certain gravitas to it. Um, uh-huh. Like, uh, I, I like wish a I British could... accent sounding smart. Right. It's just something about like his Chinese accent speaking English that just is. I'm like, just keep talking, man. You you're gonna convince everyone of everything. Pretty pretty sure it's Japanese. Oh, I thought he was a Chinese actor. My fault. Moving on. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, what did you see next? Um, so I said Miss Bala, and then uh, Happy Death Day to you. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the first Happy Death Day, but uh, I've for whatever re- I guess because the sequel's coming out. But like I've been hearing a lot about it and how it was great. Did you see it? No, and I, I've been mentioning it a lot because I keep running across this preview and how I've heard that the first one is 
it's not brilliant, but it's like a tongue-in-cheek fun movie. It knows what it is and knows how to work with it. It's like Groundhog's Day, the horror movie. Well, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And my note next to this <laughs> says, "Happy that day too." Why do I keep not watching the first one? Yeah, exactly. Well, then that brings me to like my my next the next trailer that I saw a movie for. Why haven't I watched the first one yet? Um, are we done with Happy Death Day to you? Uh, other than to say that since uh, that is on my list, I'm actually going to try to watch that this week. So if you get around to watching it too, then we can both review it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll try and uh, try and make that happen. Hopefully, it's available on any streaming service i'm sure that it is good (laughs) um and then what's the next trailer you saw well you were saying that you that actually brought you to another one that you didn't see the first one of uh yes um it was a trailer for the movie us uh that's the last one i saw yeah uh and it just reminded me that last week i said i was gonna watch get out this week and and i didn't i the one night that my wife and i had to time to watch a movie i was like i don't want to watch anything so we watched two hours of the tv show poldark which um if you haven't seen poldark i've never heard of it it's a pbs show like a british show uh it takes place in post-revolutionary war england the first two episodes are kind of tough to get through, and then episode three, it just takes off. Oh. Poldark is a cool show. Um, anyway, uh, us. Um, I, it looked kind of interesting. Like I kind of want to see it much in the same way I kind of want to see Get Out, even though everyone tells me how great it is. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I totally want to see us. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be at the theater for that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, then, and I described it last week, so I won't get Yeah, into I won't it. get into it either. But um, uh, the next thing that they showed was that Alita commercial that uh, that you saw last week, uh, where Robert uh, Rodriguez is- one. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez, please go see Alita. I haven't Who's had a hit white in so guy? long. Uh, a producer. Was, was it, oh, you didn't know who it was? It was nah. like Ridley Scott or- No, uh, I mean, James, James Cameron is, is there. He's in. He's one of the guys that show up, but I don't know who the third guy is. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know there was a third guy. Yeah, James Cameron. That's, that's what I was. I was like, I know I recognize that guy, but I wasn't sure which- And, and I realized looking at watching that commercial that I had never seen Robert Rodriguez before. And in my head, he looked so much cooler- uh, in my head, I always pictured Guillermo del Toro. I always pictured um, uh, Antonio Banderas because oh. because they made so many movies together. But like, I just assumed that they would also look alike. I'm pretty sure we're both racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unintentional racism's the best racism. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's edit all that out. <laughs> That's staying in, and. Uh, 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 and then uh, the Coke commercial I got was just that nacho cheese pizza face alien commercial we've already talked I'm about. So tired of that one. Yeah, I yeah. haven't gotten to see any of your your very aggressive diet Coke commercials. I think they gave it up. I think I think they realized that there's nobody trying to stop anyone from drinking diet Coke, <laughs> and that when people don't drink it, it's just because they don't like the taste. Right. All right. So there you go, big ticket. You got your money's worth there. Yeah. Glass. Glass. All right. Now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) 
But, but if, don't go but, see it. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. Oh, man. I loved it. <laughs> oh. Well, this is going to go in two different directions. I thought it was great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, oh, you didn't here, like have, it? Have a, let's, uh, well, let's let's start with the plot. Um, okay. The plot is uh, the characters from the other movies. Uh, some dumb ladies trying to convince them they're not superheroes for uh, about two hours. Right. She's the worst part of this movie. Oh, and she's most of the movie. She is. Like, um, here's a question that I do have for you. Who's yeah. the main character of this movie? That fucking lady. Is it? Is that who's supposed to be the main character? Oh, who's supposed to be? I don't yeah. think anyone knows the answer to that. Yeah, the movie does not have a main character. because I think th- she has the most time on the screen, and the people, I think, know that, that folks like watching James McAvoy do tricks. So he's on the screen a lot, too. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I would it's, say it's, it's between James McAvoy and and the Sarah Paulson who plays the Doctor. Yeah, because uh, it's definitely not Samuel Jackson, and it's definitely not uh, Bruce Willis. Afterthought Willis. Yeah, um, I will say that in this movie, Bruce Willis looks like he cares a little bit, like and and that's nice to see again. It's been a long time since Bruce Willis looked like he cared he was in a movie. Uh, he seemed slightly interested, and I was interested in seeing him. And then we don't. Yeah, because he's barely in the he's movie. He's barely in the movie, and when he is, he's sitting in the corner of a room. Um, and uh, all that ahead. all that said, still loved it. I loved it until the end. The last the last twenty twenty five minutes of the movie are uh, I don't really care for, but uh. But yeah, we were talking about the plot of the film. No, no, we weren't talking about the plot. That was the plot. <laughs> Characters from movies together to be bored into not feeling strong. Almost happens for no reason. Uh-huh. Cuz cuz she does nothing, nothing interesting, nothing compelling that would convince them of anything. It's just at some point they're like maybe I'm not super. And then without actually, and I'm talking, I guess, I guess the guy, the beast guy sort of questions it a little bit. Uh Bruce Willis does for half a second. And then it's like, well, I got to get through this door. So I I should probably go ahead and do my superhero thing. Uh Okay, done. Oh, wait, did I die in a puddle? Oops. (laughs) Yeah, I loved it. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 the, the plot of this is, is, i mean the the idea of this whole like brainwashing them thing is this woman has 3 days 3 days now three days now here's the thing people. this yeah. is what i was thinking about when i saw the movie is that you're a mental health professional that's true you're a you're a doctor of the mind that right? is true and uh yeah listeners if you didn't know midwest matt is a doctor and uh hi 
He says the F word. And uh, do it. I do. I do. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and I was like, Matt, you, you've worked in, in some pretty intense situations with some pretty out there individuals. My words, not yours. <laughs> Definitely not my words. Yeah. You've worked with some what you would call crazos. And, oh, uh, God. No. <laughs> um, but you have worked with some pretty intense individuals. I, I've, I've worked in a hospital, so where there's some, some intensity to, to you know people's uh, struggles. Yeah. Now, how many times were you given only three days to diagnose an entire f- wing's worth of people? To make a decision about the future of their lives. Well, they're not, she's not even trying to diagnose them. That's that's not what she has three days to do. They're giving her three days to change them. Oh, really? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's not there to try to figure out. She already knows that they're superheroes, and even as her character, because you know, there's a twist. Uh, even if she's pretending she that um, that she's trying to help them or whatever, like she's not even pretending she's trying to diagnose them. She's just going, Hey, here's what you have. I'm going to fix you. Uh huh. And, uh, and, and I'm sorry. So from there you were wondering what, Oh no, that was, that's really it. Yeah. Like how often does that happen? Where, where like a super cop or super, super psych is brought in to like solve all of the mental institutions, problems, problem patients. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen. That also, way. how often is due process denied to uh, to individuals who get arrested? Uh, I don't know about the law side of things, so I can't answer to that. But when so it then, comes to making, so making go then ahead. we have to ad- admit that the movie ha- got it right. Then <laughs> no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but as uh, as a mental health professional, first of all, it's all bullshit anyway. But second of all, <laughs> if if, mental health in general or I were no the, the stuff in this movie <laughs> if I were trying to do anything to help people make change there is nothing about what this woman's doing that would be effective uh-huh so it's stupid I mean like really forget about that I'm a professional just throw that aside for a moment uh-huh. just watching a movie and going huh so you've got Someone who's very smart, okay, that's somehow a superpower. Right. Um, and someone who can, you know, kind of change their personality and some of their physics. So we're going to – we'll come back to that. And and then some guy who's super strong but drowns. Okay. <laughs> we want to change their personalities and their way of cognitively functioning. Right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop the one guy from dis- – like determining his personalities using lights and we're going to be able to drown a guy that's it and the only other real like thing is and none of that has to do with actually changing anything um those are just security precautions Uh and so the only thing that they really do is on the third day which by the way they act like this first day is like a month long right like they're they make references to how there's three days left like through most of the movie i'm like when is this first day gonna end right and then suddenly it's the last day, and she's like, "All right, we're gonna have a group meeting." I'm like, "Wait, you're, so you're finally gonna talk about stuff?" No, that was now. that was day two. That was day two. Was the group meeting? 
Well, that was the only thing they cause, did. Because day three is when she gives Samuel L. Jackson his like laser lobotomy. Right, right. And so, yeah, so that, sorry, that thing. So now everything makes sense. No. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's the big intervention. She sits them down in a group together and, and goes, hey, by the way, I know you guys all fought each other. <laughs> right. Hey, here's um, this guy who tried to kill you along with 4,000 other people. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to have one conversation with you about it. And then we're supposed to believe that their sense of themselves as a super whatever is just shaken. It's just, it's dumb. It's really dumb. I don't know. It seems pretty by the book to me. <sighs> so dumb. <laughs> I well, loved and, it. I loved it. <laughs> Bruce Willis's character, the, the, the arc. There's really no arc. Uh, oh Samuel Jackson's character, there's no arc. And and um, James McAvoy's character, most of what he's doing is introducing himself. Every time he switches characters, he's like, by the way, here's the character I am now. Uh-huh. I'm Susan. I'm a 38-year-old lady. I'm James. I work in a zoo. I like I, I, Whatever. Oh, uh, so yeah, I thought James McAvoy, I thought his performance was great. Um, I know they're just telling him just, you know, another character, give us another character. And he's like, uh, okay, I'll be this guy now. Um, uh, story wise, I thought the story was, was terrible. Um, but, but simple. And, and I'll tell you why I like the story, uh, because it was terrible and simple is, uh, as you may recall, I'm reading a lot of old comic books from the, I'm in the seventies now, but like I read a lot of 1960s and night and I'm in 1975 now of uh, my adventure through Marvel comics. And this, this movie felt like it was written for a 19, like if you took a 1965 comic book and translated it into a very serious film and, and I, and it worked for me. It worked perfectly. It took everything that I like about unbreakable and brought it into like today's time. I think Unbreakable is an amazing movie. I think it's it's great. It doesn't hold up as much as as you would like uh, because it's it's kind of a product of its time and it and it and it lives. Um, uh, it's a it's a masterpiece compared to this thing. <laughs> uh, but like it 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 exists in a time when when comic book movies were made differently than they are now, and and this movie it teases like a giant a great big giant fight on top of a skyscraper that that never happens and and this movie it just it's very it's very small it's very centralized it takes place in like three locations and and I don't know why like the whole time I'm watching it I'm going this is terrible but I love it I loved I loved every second of it up until up until when they start drowning Bruce Willis and I was like eh, something has gone wrong here up until I saw the clover tattoo on that sniper's wrist, um, right when I saw that, I went, "Oh, here we go." That's that's when the movie turned for me a little bit. Well, I'll agree with you on one part of that, and that it's small, uh, which I don't care. I mean, that that actually, I I don't care if they fight at the top of a tower. I thought Superman. What Man of Steel and Avengers were boring during their action. I've seen enough of that stuff happening. I don't really need that anyway. Uh-huh. But you know what else was small? The room. And this <laughs> is small. 
<laughs> but it it just for me anyway it did not do anything right and it's a it's a movie that should be or seems to be like it it has two hours or two two and a half hours however long it is to be all about two. so it's got four feeling hours of just <laughs> being about the characters but there's nothing with the characters sam jackson's barely in it and doesn't do anything Bruce Willis is barely in it and doesn't do anything. What's his face is just introducing himself all the time. And his acting's fine. I'm not critiquing anyone's acting. It's it's really there's just nothing to this. And then Anya Taylor Joy, she's whatever her character's name is, is all of a sudden she's got this affinity with the the beast that I think it would make sense for his character to have, uh-huh. but not for her character to have. She hasn't had it's not like she could have like um not Munchausen syndrome. What's the uh, Stockholm syndrome? Right. Um, you know, like she she doesn't she hasn't had that time to build that sort of bond or get warped in that way. Um, so that there's there's just nothing there either. Yeah, I thought that her character was really a waste. Like like I didn't need her at all. And yeah. and in fact, if it wasn't for her, the beast would have never died. Um, because like she's, she goes up to the beast at, at the end when the sniper is trained on him and she gets the beast to turn back into, um, Kevin. Uh, and so I can't, like, I can't believe you're putting me in this position that I'm actually going to have to defend this fucking movie, but like, cause that's why, but she's manipulated to be there because the doctor or whatever she is realizes that she's like, Oh, she can calm him down. So he's vulnerable. I better right. keep her oh, around and convince her to touch him and stuff so that if we can't turn him back into uh, or turn him into someone who doesn't believe he has superpowers. That's a good point. Which, I didn't think of that. Then we can kill him, which, by the way, just kill them. Yeah, just kill them. I mean, really, is this organization going to go? Well, we did send that doctor in for three days. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to trust <laughs> that these people aren't going to kill anybody or um, ever think about being superheroes again. Also, if you have a, uh, let's say you're, you're you're a mental health professional. Let's say you have you bringing it up. <laughs> let's say you have a patient who's known for for causing a lot of trouble. Are you going to let him have a glass picture frame in his office or his uh, room? Uh, I think if I were in a position of needing to be uh uh concerned about his safety or someone else's and keeping them secure no hospitals don't allow for glass objects in people's rooms right so that's how that's how lawrence or lawrence fishburne sorry samuel L. jackson makes his escape i just found a screw on my floor that's how <laughs> uh lawrence or samuel jackson makes his escape is he breaks the glass frame that he has and slices the nice guard's throat Mm-hmm. Like there's yep. two, there's two orderlies. There's like one orderly who seems nice at the beginning and then threatens to break Mr. Glass's legs. Um, and then there's the other guy who's just kind of like, Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm just happy to, we, you know, like, are you getting everything you need? Throat sliced. And then uh, Samuel Jackson makes his escape. I'm like, well, that's not, that's not right. You should have killed the other guy. Yeah. Um, Oh, also, I was going to say something else. Uh, I love the movie. <laughs> so we got 
two surprise plots when we get to the end of this. One uh-huh. is that this woman works for this Clover organization that is going to kill these people if she can't turn them. Their their job uh, for 10,000 years is to destroy superpowered individuals. Right. Um, so that's one of the surprise plots. And and by the way, there's a big stupid part with that where while Bruce Willis is being murdered, she's like, hey, hold my hand. I want to tell you something. I want you whatever. to see my past because Bruce Willis's superpower is right. not only is Here. he super strong and unhurtable, but like if he touches you, he gets a glimpse of your negative past. Right. And she's like, here, touch my hand because this movie doesn't have enough fucking exposition being explained to the audience. (laughs) Everything in this movie is so goddamn explained to everybody. It's like, this is the moment of the showdown. This is what we call this thing. M. Night Shyamalan, I think he thinks that people are three-year-olds. In the, the, the audience and the people in the movies. Because the other plot line, and this is going to come together here, the other plot line that's a surprise plot is that Samuel Jackson is going to get videos onto YouTube showing these guys lifting a car and bending a piece of metal. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a flawless plan. (laughs) There's nobody who's going to see that and go like, wow, holy shit. That is unheard of. There are all these superheroes. Like, yeah, this stuff actually exists. (laughs) <laughs> for real that's all part and, of the that's all part of the end of the movie where the, the where it falls apart for me and he's expecting people to be shocked and throughout the movie and this is what i'm saying i think this is actually a, a malfunction in his head because he expects people characters to be shocked and that's across all of his movies where they need these things to be explained to them and everybody's amazed by everything they see mm-hmm. and they also have to have it spelled out for them where they're like Oh, wow, here's what a story is, and here's what plants are like, and bees, and stuff that's actually in this movie. And it's all being explained. <laughs> plants to the was characters the happening. And to the audience, and there's some lady in the water thrown in there too. But everybody, everybody is just so amazed by shit. And I think it's M. Night Shyamalan going, Oh my God, I am putting down the most brilliant stuff. People are going to be amazed and the characters are going to show the people how to be amazed. And I can explain it for the dumb audience members by explaining it to the dumb people in the movie. And meanwhile, I'm like, no, this just isn't that impressive. It's not creative. It's nothing new. It might be a little bit different in terms of pace, but there's nothing about this that was special. And uh, I I really miss, you know, the sixth sense. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm not even sure how much I miss miss Unbreakable at this point, but I did really like Unbreakable. Um, and the feeling of this, it took me a while to pinpoint this, but I was like, this this dialogue, other than feeling like M Night Shyamalan dialogue, feels like something. I finally realized that there aren't a ton of long monologues in this movie. But the dialogue still has this feel, and what it is is the feeling that you have when you're watching a play and a character has an aside, Uh which is a monologue where they're just talking to the audience. And maybe some of that has to do with the fact that M. Night Shyamalan is trying to spell everything out for the audience as though we are idiots. Um, And that's, that's my take. I do not disagree with anything you just said. 
And, and it's because of everything you just said are the reasons that I like it because of, uh, because of what I said earlier about how it feels like an old style comic book where like the character, like there, there are moments when characters are like, like the, you know how they have thought bubbles and speaking bubbles. Yeah. Like there's a lot of times where characters are just talking for seemingly no reason for, for no reason at all. Like it should be a thought bubble, but for whatever reason, it's a speaking bubble. And, and like the, the movie does a lot of that stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not a well-told story. The story is boring. And I bet if I watch it again, I probably won't like it as much, but, but it really hit me where I needed to, where I needed to go. Like I had a sense of like, while I was watching the movie, I had a, a great sense of I'm enjoying this. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm excited to see where the characters go. I'm excited. First of all, I'm excited to see anything happen. Uh, I like every five. Yeah, minutes. I would have been excited if something <laughs> happened too. Uh, I like it. I like everything James McAvoy's doing. Um, I don't know. You know, I can't stand this doctor lady. Like the movie has like a ton of problems, but like I really like the way it was shot. I like how uh, intimate the movie feels. Like there's like nothing but close-ups in this movie of characters' faces. Uh, almost like it's the one trick he's got. Yeah. Um, but there's like a couple of interesting like like motion like during the action where like the camera seemed like it was attached to someone's shoulder kind of a thing. Um, like like uh, like the final confrontation between Bruce Willis and the Beast, um, the way it was shot at first, I was like, why does it look like this? Why is it shot from so far away and from all these funky angles? Uh, because that's how I talk now. I say angles. <laughs> funky angles. <laughs> um. And, and you're like, oh, we're seeing this from like the security cameras point of view. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, like an interesting way to present an action sequence. Um, and, and like a lot of wide shots, like the shot of the beast running, running towards Bruce Willis, where he's doing that weird animal run thing, which looked terrible. I, I, I thought it looked bad, but I liked it at the same time. Looked better when, uh, Liv Schreiber was doing it and the wolverine i disagree with that (laughs) (laughs) i think it looked better than than that but uh, i hadn't put that together till you just said that uh i forgot about that Uh, um but yeah i i like i like this movie i thought it was fun it's it was kind of a throwback um I liked Mr. Glass's costume when he finally put it on how he had like the mg on his um ascot or, or whatever that was, uh, uh-huh. because, because that's what old comic book characters did. Like everybody had like a letter on their chest. Like, like if you were, if you were like, I just read an X-Men comic today, um, where, where the bad guy's name is count Nefario and you're like, come on, you can't do any better than count Nefario. And, uh, and like, and it's just so, it's so corny and so cheesy that like the villain of the movie wears his name on his, like his initials on his, uh, chest like that. Uh, and I just, I just liked it. All those things. I I feel like having not liked it, (laughs) that all those things you're pointing out, like any of those could have been great if the content was any good. Like they're not bad ideas to go like, Hey, let me amp up the cheese feel of like old timey stuff. Let me, um, you know, have this feel like thought bubbles and stuff. 
I, I don't think those are bad ideas. I just think nothing was executed well. And, and I, I honestly, there's the part of me that wants you to agree with me, <laughs> um, wants you to watch it again and, and, to, to, and to have that experience and go like, oh, man, this, the stuff that fills these bubbles is shit. And like this idea isn't done that well, and and even when it comes to the to the uh, cinematography, I think if you were to look at the cinematography here and compare it to the cinematography in like Unbreakable, I think it, it's it's far below that. Um, but I kind of don't want you because I mean I don't want you to not enjoy something, and I I don't want you to go back and have that experience where you go, oh, you know what now. Now that the idea of having a thought bubble here, uh, I, I, I already have had the satisfaction of seeing the idea happen, I'm, and now I'm left with what's actually within the idea. Uh huh. I feel like you'd be disappointed. Um, you might be right. You might be right. But I, I don't even want to be right. Like I, I, if you ever do watch it again, I hope you enjoy it just as much. Um, but I feel like you wouldn't. And so I don't want you to ever watch it again. <laughs> I also don't want to do a commentary on it, so I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Um, wow. I I am surprised. I was really expecting – I almost sent you a text when you said that you saw it. Uh-huh. I almost and, – and then you said you had a lot to say. I almost said, oh, man, yeah, we're d- – d- Spoiler alert, it sucked, but we can record it whenever we get a chance. Uh-huh. I'm glad you did, because oh, that reveal was amazing. Uh, well, at least there's one good reveal in the last 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Roger Stone went to jail earlier today. <laughs> That's true. For about three minutes. Uh, did he get back out? He's on bail, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah. So glass, check huh. it out. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the final segment on our supersized oh, episode. Lord. I forgot about trying to put this somewhere on this list. I'll you you spend some time thinking about it while I I will have to. Um. So my list. I think in the new number one spot, I'm gonna put the Matrix above. Cool. Above Apollo 13, week 100. Um, and then what else did I see? I saw Wreck-It Ralph, which uh, which I'm going to say was better than... Uh, was better than Iron Man 3. That's going to take the new number nine spot. No, you know what? No, I changed my mind. <laughs> I changed my mind. It's going to go it was better than Once Upon a Time in America into the new number eight spot. Wreck It Ralph. Week 100. And I don't know how to delete an old line. Uh, I'll figure it out later. Uh, and then Reign of the Superman. I'm going to put... Uh, above Venom in the new, well, I guess 19 or 20 spot, because there's a blank line up earlier in the list. So I'm going to write, come on, Reign of the 
Supermen. Into week 100. And then for gla- <clears throat> glass, I think I'm going to put glass. Oh, above Teen Titans go to the movies and underneath Outlaw King in the new 15 spot or 14, however you want to look at it. Glass week one hundo. Oh, not week 10. People love the sounds of me typing. It's a lot of a lot of feedback we've gotten is people love it when I spell out exactly what I'm writing. Oh, well, I'm glad they enjoy the miscellaneous things that happen. (laughs) (laughs) So we should have left in that half hour of poor executed, poorly executed audio uh, quality, (laughs) audio and yeah, Yeah. attempts to explain the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about last week, everybody. Harry Potter corner was a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Luckily, it wasn't sponsored by anyone. But if you would like to sponsor (laughs) me. Um, check out us on Patreon. Find a link at thisweekinfilm.com. Matt, where would you put glass? I struggle with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have to explain why it's going where it is. I'm putting glass under contagion. What? And that is... You're saying that glass was worse than after Earth? Oh, yeah. Oh, I that, I didn't struggle with that at all. Oh uh, man, I enjoyed watching uh, just, After just Earth. So, uh, uh, Glass is going into your number eighteen spot. Is that right? Okay. Yep. eighteen. Yeah, uh, I didn't struggle with that one. and possession of Hannah Gray. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's all right. Um, well, and and, and here's here's some of why uh, it didn't piss me off as much as Contagion did because. Uh-huh. Uh, it does. It does irritate me that M Night Shyamalan thinks he's so great. Because I'm I'm dead serious when I say that I, I think that he thinks people are stupid. Um, oh, his cameo in Glass is the most infuriating thing to watch. Uh, I mean, other than putting himself in the God or the Jesus position like he did in Lady in the Water. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That one had more hubris. The the pretension that would piss me off a lot. But but. Yeah, this was just bad and dumb, and I don't know. I guess it's supposed to like it's supposed to retcon something because he showed up in Split, and it's like, hey, wait a minute, you're a drug dealer in the other movie, um, and that's him going, oh yeah, once upon a time I was a drug dealer, and then I got better, um, which I was like, yeah, that's a normal conversation for someone to have. Hey, guy, I saw once fifteen years ago. Didn't you work in that place that I probably wouldn't have noticed you in, really? Uh-huh. Um, all right. Yeah, I remember you. By the way, uh, I know you You were suspicious of me. I was up to no good then. <laughs> I've were, turned myself around. You These were right to detain me. These are the conversations that M. Night Shyamalan thinks are, I don't know, believable or whatever. Right. But I think my point was supposed to be that it didn't piss me off as much as I can say. <laughs> but... It did disappoint me more. With Contagion, I was just like, okay, this, this, I, I wasn't exactly bored like I was with Glass. Uh-huh. Um, and I wasn't as disappointed. And I do think it was probably a better movie. 
So for those reasons, Contagion gets to be one slot higher. Um, and that, that made, I guess that's my explanation of that. Okay. So, yep, glass is going way down there, and After Earth stays where it is, because I, I enjoyed watching it more than I enjoyed watching Contagion, <laughs> Glass, Possession of Hannah Grace, or Aquaman. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Well, it's your list. <laughs> um, well, Matt, it's the end of a very long show. Have you anything to plug? Uh, I would say go check out on YouTube. Screen Rant has these videos from a guy uh, that they call Pitch Meetings. And it's this guy talking to himself, um, pretending to be a studio executive and a writer. And the writer is pitching a movie to the studio executive. And he takes, I think there are about 100 of these videos. Oh, are there uh, that many? You just sent me the one the other the other day about Aquaman. Yeah, and that was great. Yeah, he's got them on there for like Glass and uh, Unbreakable and stuff too. So you can even check those specific ones out if you want. Okay. But um, oh man, they are easy to binge. Uh, and there's something about this guy that I'm like, man, I just want to hang out with this guy. He seems fun. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend those to to movie watchers. All right, uh, and then I would say uh, check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can go to thisweekinfilm.com. I've started updating that again. We're all caught up as far as the weeks go, but I'm still adding the individual movies from 40 weeks ago. Um, so, you know, bear with us. But if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on the social media or uh, thisweekinfilm.com. Uh, we'll take you to all of our stuff directly. Uh, but I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film see you then yay 100 episodes